Tis the season to be jolly, folks, and after accomplishing something that I have not accomplished since way back in week five, your boy is awfully jolly heading into week 14. God, remember week five? It was like a million years ago. We were all so innocent back then. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tease now that my kettle decided it wanted to start agreeing with me. And welcome to week 14 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2021 NFL season. And yes, accomplished something last week with the picks that I have not done since all the way back in week five. So feeling pretty good about things. Last week, eight and six straight up now look that's not the world's greatest straight up record it is certainly not what i'm accustomed to i'm not hitting nearly as many double digit weeks as i would normally expect to be hitting in a regular season it's been a weird season that's pretty well the best that i can say eight and six straight up 103 90 and one on the season so only 13 games above 500 certainly would like to be better but here is the thing that I have not accomplished since week five, and you see it right there, double digits against the spread. 10 and four against the spread in week 13. Really clobbered things. Lot of uh, lot of underdogs, obviously. They've been hitting all season long, but 10 and four against the spread feels really good. Went even money on the four totals that I give you there at two and two. Now six and 10 on the season since we changed over to just doing the picks from the top four. Still a full 30 games under 500 for the season as a whole. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks last week. I will full well admit I did a little bit of gambling on those picks. Not because they were bad picks, but because two of the top four, in fact, my top two picks, the platinum and the gold, were both division games, which is a real taboo thing to do. But look, I, I felt the way I felt about the games, and it worked out for me. 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread. Colts, Bucks, Cards, and Rams, all both winning straight up and covering minus 9, minus 11, minus 7.5, and, and minus 13, respectively. As I said, went even money on the totals. Told you to stay under 50.5 in Tampa and Atlanta, and under 48 in the Rams and Jacksonville. Both of those picks paying off. Really solid week, certainly in the top four picks almost across the board, and definitely against the spread. Little bit of movement position-wise in the pick'em pools. I'm still 19th out of 28 in the Bridgewater's Finest pool. I've now moved up a couple of spots to 27th in the Half Moons pool. And in the Ante and Co pool, it's a tough pool to move up in because it's just flat-out, straight-up picks. And I did move up a spot to now 17th out of 22. In the Bridgewater's Finest pool, I'm at 944 confidence points. It's just under 61% on the season and brought in 70 of 105 in week 13. Two out of three ain't bad. Same deal in the Half Moons pool. I'm only 759 confidence points in that pool, so it's just under 49%. But I did bring in the same amount of points in week 13, 70 out of 105. 
in the ante and co pool, obviously, where it's just a straight up pool, I've got my 103 straight up wins going eight and six last week. So getting eight of the 14 games correct, slightly above my season average. Look, nobody wants to be sitting here at 53.1% straight up. You want to be definitely want to be in the 60 range. So there's still some time to dig towards that. Each game is still worth about you know, 0.4 to 0.5%. So you still got multiple weeks here to dig in and try to get closer to that if you're kind of sitting right around where I'm sitting, which is just over 53%. Shout out to our week 13 winners. In the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, it's my guy, West Coast Martin. Martin going 10 and 4 straight up last week, bringing in 91 of 105 confidence points. It's well over 85%, good enough to win him week 13. In the Half Moon's Picks Pool, QTPi141, who I believe that's the first time I'm calling that name this year, winning the week with 90 of 105 confidence points. Once again, that is against the spread, an excellent performance of over 85% as well. And hey, speaking of Half Moon, Half Moon picks up the win straight up in the Ante and Co. Pool in Week 13, going 11-3, and picking the game straight up last week, 78.6%, good enough to win week 13. Overall leaders, not a lot of movement. Uncle BBQ Barry remains the overall leader in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool. 1,077 confidence points, just under that 70% clip that I've been talking about all season long. And look, it bears itself out. It really does. 69.4% leads the way for Uncle BBQ Barry. Moby Polito remains the overall leader in the Half Moons pool, although their lead has diminished significantly over the last few weeks. Now just 58.2% of confidence points that they have gained this season. They've had a couple of down weeks and things are getting a little bit closer. And it's one of the things that's kind of allowed me to climb the standings is a lot of people have kind of tapered off here later in the year. Who knows? Top 20? It's not entirely out of the question, but Moby Polito still leading the pack in that pool. Dakota's Picks jumping up with Bubsy's Thickum Pickums to be co-leaders in the Ante and Co. pool. 123 games picked correctly straight up. That's a pretty darn good season so far. It's well above that 60% uh, clip that I had mentioned just a little bit earlier in the episode. So they're leading the pack. They're the ones to beat. Let's take a peek now into Fantasy Corner, which is, of course, presented by the folks at the Dynasty Trade Calculator. If you check my description, you are going to find my referral link, my affiliate link to the Dynasty Trade Calculator, and for as little as $3, gain access to one of the absolute best tools available for you for Dynasty Keeper and long-term fantasy football. You've got trade evaluations, player rankings, podcasts, Excellent experts who are available at that site, and it does not matter how your league is configured, the Dynasty Trade Calculator has got you covered. So once again, check that referral link that's in my description below, and you're going to be able to gain access for just the cost of a cup of coffee these days to one of these best tools that's going to lead you to a championship. Only even money in fantasy in week 13. Only went 3-3. Three and three. I've fallen off a little bit in best ball. I'm now down to 8th place in both of my best ball leagues. Interestingly enough, I do actually have a weekly win in each one of those leagues. So that's kind of cool. I did at least for one week there have the best roster of anybody in the league. But down to 8th place in both of those leagues now. They're only 10 team leagues. So obviously it's been a bit of a struggle. But... It's all lessons learned, and I look forward to coming back at it stronger than ever next year. 
In the Professionals Dynasty League, I have clinched a playoff spot, which is always a good feeling. I did drop to 9-4 and four after last week, though. A loss against Beetle Bailey. Really close matchup, and that keeps Beetle Bailey alive in the playoff race in that league. In the Progs League, another really, really close matchup. Only lost by a couple of points to the Capitol Hill Jackalopes. That drops my record to 5-8 and eight and probably dashes my playoff hopes. I haven't really sat down to do the math, but I don't think I'm even of alive for a playoff spot anymore, but we'll have to take a peek into that. I have week 14 matchups with Fresh Prince of Hilaire, my good friend Mitch, and the blind Canadian cat. Obviously, that is the Canadian cat. You know him very well from my comment section, from his YouTube show. You know him very well. Both of those matchups right now I'm going to call too close to call because I've looked at my rosters. I can't tell whether they've looked at theirs yet or not. I don't think they have. So right now I'm going to call those too close to call. I'd like to win in the Professionals Dynasty League. I definitely have to win in the Progs League to have any opportunity at maybe slipping into that number six playoff spot. And I'll take this opportunity now, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my picks for week 14 in the NFL in 2021, information on joining any of those pick'em pools that we just talked about, the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, the Half Moons Against the Spread Pool, or the Anti and Co. Pick'em Pool. Look, it's never too late because if you win a week, you get yourself shouted out on this show, which is kind of cool. You got the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page where you get information on joining that and information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. Ladies and gentlemen, nerdtees.ca, you know them, you love them, and if you don't love them, you should love them. Nerdtees.ca is a place you need to go to find any number of incredible loose leaf tea blends and accessories. We got you covered for the holidays. Hopefully you've shopped by now. It's probably getting too late for you now, but you never know. Miracles happen every day. You're going to want to go to nerdtees.ca and you're going to want to use my promo code, which is BWFINEST. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, And you're also going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar on incredible blends like Kiwi-licious, which is what I am sipping on this morning as I do this episode. Nerdtees.ca, promo code BWFINEST. Get your free shipping, save your 15%, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtees.ca. We got ourselves a champagne week here in the NFL, 14 games on tap in week 14, headlined by some really interesting division matchups. There's some lopsided division matchups in there as well, which we will certainly talk about. But we are going to get things started in Minnesota. The Vikings at home playing host to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Neither one of these teams, I don't think, are quite where they would like to be at this point in the season. Pittsburgh certainly not. Almost an afterthought now in that AFC North division. And the Vikings coming off of losing to Detroit. Now look, that's going to be the punchline for everybody probably for the rest of this season is that, oh my God, I can't believe Minnesota lost to Detroit. Now look, I I took Detroit against the spread last week. I kind of felt good about them covering that number. Didn't think they were going to win the game. Obviously comes down to the very last play of the game. Minnesota has done that to several teams in the past. Uh, it's interesting to kind of see it get done to them. 
I certainly didn't think Detroit was going to win that game. It, I don't think it completely invalidates the good things that the Minnesota Vikings have done this season. What I do have to say is they are too undisciplined. They take too many penalties. It's just it's just a matter of fact. They're one of the top five or six most penalized teams in the NFL. And they're going to come into this game again. They're probably not going to have Dalvin Cook. We talked about that last week. Now they're not going to have Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen coming up with a high ankle sprain last week. He is definitely out this week. But if it's a high ankle sprain, he's going to miss multiple weeks. There's no getting around it. So now your weapons are kind of reduced to Alexander Madison, who had a rushing touchdown last week. And you've also got Justin Jefferson, obviously, who is a nuclear weapon at wide receiver. But you can't just slot in K.J. Osborne and pretend that he's Adam Thielen, because he's not. Neither one of these teams have been crazy impressive over the last little while. Pittsburgh struggling to score points. Their defense not playing particularly well. Well, their defense is up and down. They've had a couple of really, really crummy performances, kind of being sandwiched by some pretty decent scoring performances. Only 19 points allowed last week in a one-point win, and 16 points allowed uh, three or four games ago, I believe it was. Minnesota, kind of similarly. They've been up and down. Their offense is scoring a lot of points right now, but the defense has not proven to me that it can stop anybody. When you look at that offense, you've now really limited the offense by not only not being uh, or being without Dalvin Cook, I should say, and then now being without Adam Thielen. I actually kind of like Pittsburgh in the upset here. Neither one of these teams has an overwhelming situational record. I'm going to take the dog here. Neither one of these teams is very good. I was probably going to take the points here anyway, and the point margin is so close. I'm going to take this as one of my upsets this week. I like Pittsburgh on the road in Minnesota. Steelers get the win over the Vikings, and the Vikings are careening recklessly towards a better draft pick. Like I mentioned, on the line, fairly close against the spread. So Pittsburgh, a three-point dog here on the road in Minnesota. But if I'm going to take them to win outright, let's take the points there, obviously. And I kind of felt like one way or the other, however I was getting the points, was probably the way I was going to lean on this game. So maybe that invalidates the pick to you, but it feels like a decent pick to me. And I think the math bears it out, too. So let's take the Steelers plus the three points in Minnesota. Pittsburgh, 27. Vikings, 20. Speaking of the AFC North, let's go to a battle of the AFC North. The Cleveland Browns at home playing host to the Baltimore Ravens. Now, of course, Baltimore lost that one-point game, as we mentioned earlier, 20-19 last week to Pittsburgh. Now they got to go to Cleveland, play a Browns team coming in off of their bye. Really interesting matchup, certainly in the context of that division. Once again, Browns coming in off of their bye. Like Minnesota, one of the most penalized teams in the NFL, and I definitely have to take that into consideration. A team that's going to shoot themselves in the foot long before the opposition has to is never a team you can feel overly confident with. But when you look at the Ravens, one of the worst ball control teams in the NFL, they're also coming into the game on the tail end of back-to-back roadies. Both teams struggling here offensively, neither one scoring a ton of points. Cleveland, it's a little more prevalent. They've had like one decent offensive game. Baltimore, it's kind of been a theme with them for most of the season. Um, But when you look between the two of them, I got to lean, I believe, on the team who's playing better defensively lately. That is 100% the Baltimore Ravens. Even considering the injury to Marlon Humphreys, I don't think that's going to play as big of a role as a lot of other people seem to think that it will. 
Going to lean on the better defense here. I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens on the road in Cleveland to beat the Browns. The Browns are getting healthier, but I still think top to bottom, Baltimore is the better football team. On the line, Cleveland, a two and a half point favorite, given that this game is in Cleveland. That kind of makes sense to me. I figure whoever the home team here is would probably wind up being the favorite without having actually looked at the line yet. So I like Baltimore to win. I'll take them outright and I'll take them plus the two and a half points. Let's go Ravens 23, Browns 21. Good matchup in the AFC North. Let's go to New York now where the Jets are going to play host to the New Orleans Saints. The Saints now with the benefit of the long week having played on Thursday in week 13 in a losing effort, a 10-point loss, I think, against Dallas. The Jets coming into this game, the single worst ball control team in the NFL now officially. It's them in Jacksonville and the one thing the Jets win this year is that they control the ball worse than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Weirdly enough, this is not as different a football game, at least not in the lately like context of the most recent games. It's not as different as a lot of people might think. The Jets and the Saints are both really, really struggling, like tire fire level struggling right now. The Saints have scored 23 points total in their most recent two games. The Jets are giving up 29 points a game over the last four, but the Saints are giving up 30. So the defenses aren't getting it done. The offenses aren't getting it done. This game is a relatively high number against the spread. It's five and a half points for the road Saints. Would I be shocked if the Jets win this game? No, I, I genuinely wouldn't. But once again, like I did last week, I leaned on this last week. They're like, oh, you know, Kamara might be back. He wasn't. Ingram, I think, played fine. But uh, I do, I really think Kamara's going to be back this week. So having Kamara back in that offense. I'm going to take the Saints to win this game. So let's take New Orleans in New York to beat the Jets. Like I say, against the spread, it's minus five and a half points. That's not the easiest number to lay for anybody this week. I'm going to go ahead and lay it because, look, the, the math tells me this is a three-possession game. The eye test tells me that this is a lot closer than that. But the math tells me three possessions. So I'm going to lay the five and a half points on the Saints. I'm going to take New Orleans 30, Jets 13. But this is one of my least confident plays this week that's not an upset. New Orleans should steamroll them like that final score says. We shall see. Let's go to Washington now for another division matchup. The football team at home playing host to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Dallas, one of the better teams in the league over the month, last month or so. Offense scoring 28 points a game. Had one little hiccup a couple weeks ago, but other than that, they've been pretty dynamic. And aside from a hiccup two weeks ago, their defense has been playing exceptionally well as well only giving up 19 points a game over their last four. Dallas picking it up at exactly the right time. Washington, to their credit, their defense has completely turned around the narrative around that team, only giving up 18 points a game over their last four. The offense now is what kind of needs to keep up. They were going along fairly well there for a little while, but now the offense has kind of come back down to earth with just 34 points total over their last two games. It's weird, almost everything to talk about in this game comes on Dallas's sideline. So Dallas has the benefit of the long week. They protect the ball very well, one of the better teams in the league at protecting the football. They take way too many penalties. 
and they're on the tail end of back-to-back road games. So it's like there's two positives, two negatives coming into this game. But what I really have to lean on is the fact that that Cowboys offense is playing significantly well. And even if they lose a piece, they've proven. They lose a piece at wide receiver, Michael Gallup steps up. They lose Zeke, Tony Pollard steps up. Although, you know, contrary to the opinion of somebody in my YouTube comments last week, which was weird. So they have that next man up mentality on both sides of the ball, but certainly on the offensive side. I got to lean on the offensive upside here of the Cowboys. Let's take Dallas on the road in Washington. Dallas gets an important division win. Now on the line, Dallas laying four points here as a road favorite in a division game. I totally understand if you want to take Washington here plus the four points. I would expect this number might grow a little bit. You might see this as a five by the time kickoff comes around, maybe even more than that. So maybe you might want to hold off there and then grab like a late hedge because I think this is a relatively close game. I'm going to lay the four points on Dallas right now because it's just such... It's such a not great hedge. Now, it does open up the possibility that, look, Washington could win this game outright, and they absolutely could. But if I don't think they're going to, four points is not a great hedge. So I'm going to lay the four points on Dallas. I'm going to risk the possibility of going 0-2 on this one. Let's take Dallas 30, Washington 24 in what low-key might be one of the more entertaining games of the week. Let's go to Carolina now, another divisional matchup. The Carolina Panthers at home playing host to the Atlanta Falcons. Now look, full disclosure, circle of trust, this is two not very good football teams. Even when they're at their apex, when they're at their zenith, when they've got everybody in there that should be in there, they're just two not great football teams. But in both cases... Neither of these teams have their full roster in there. Obviously, the Calvin Ridley situation in Atlanta. Be interesting to see whether he's even with that team next year. On Carolina's side, obviously Christian McCaffrey not going to be playing in this game, which means it's Chuba Hubbard season. McCaffrey's done for the year. We get an extended look at Chuba Hubbard. I'm very excited for that, obviously. Not just because he's Canadian. I'm just a huge fan of his game. And I'm very excited to get that extended look at Chuba Hubbard here down the stretch for the rest of the season. Panthers come into this game off of their bye, so they will be well-rested. One of the less disciplined teams in the league, which again, I know we've talked about already a couple of times this week, but it's the case. One of the least disciplined teams in the NFL. Falcons have some trouble controlling the football, but boy, when you look at the most recent games for both of these teams... I think it leans towards the Falcons. Offensively, they've scored 38 points in their last two games. Carolina's only scored 31. They've got the edge there. Atlanta's defense has not been very good lately. Carolina's defense has been better. But even, again, over the last two games, Carolina's given up 58 points in total. That's 29 points a game. That's not nothing. And Atlanta has played better than that. I'm going to take the Falcons here in a division upset. I'm not going to let... The uh, these numbers from three and four weeks ago fully color the way I'm going to take this game. Atlanta's playing better right now. I like the Falcons in the upset because who in the world can trust Carolina right now? And interesting to point out, Atlanta might only have five wins this year. Four of those five wins have come away from home. So let's take the Falcons in Carolina to beat the Panthers. 
On the line, the Panthers are laying three points here as the home favorite, obviously taking Atlanta to win the game outright. Give me the three points. We're going to go Falcons 16, Panthers 14. So not a high scoring game either. Look, if you're not a hardcore member of either one of these teams' fan bases, I'm not sure what you're watching this game for. Let's go to Houston now. Texans and Seahawks. Obviously, Texans here as the home team. Houston's defense, aside from last week, where they you know gave up 31 and didn't score a single point, but that's against one of the best teams in the league in Indianapolis. Aside from that, their defense has actually been playing some fairly decent football lately. Problem is they can't score any points. They've scored 20 points or, or sorry, more than 14 points one time in the last month. So the, this is, offense just can't do it. They don't know who their quarterback is. They can't decide that. They just don't have the weapons to score points offensively. On Seattle's sideline, they kind of picked it up and figured it out last week. It's still not great a great picture over the last month, but the deciding factor in this football game is the Seahawks' defense. Their scoring defense is playing very, very well right now. One of the better scoring defenses in the league over the last month or so's worth of games. We're going to take Seattle here on the road in Houston. We're going to lean on their defense to get this win. Seattle beats the Texans. But on the line, the Texans are taking seven and a half points as a home dog. And I'm going to take that as well. It's a hedge, but Seattle's not that team. Certainly not right now. And they haven't been for a while that's worthy of laying seven and a half points on. That number might hit. It just doesn't mean it's the right thing to lay a Tuesday morning for a Sunday game. You can't lay that many points right now. So I'm going to grab the seven and a half points with the Houston Texans. Let's go Seattle 23, Houston 17. Seattle wins the game. Texans cover against the spread. Let's go to Los Angeles now where the LA Chargers have what looks on paper to be a bit of a layup matchup here late in the season. Chargers playing host to the New York Giants. Now, the Giants coming into this game on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games, they're on, I don't know, their 17th quarterback by this point because they cannot keep anybody healthy. Can't keep Jones healthy, can't keep Glennon healthy. I'm waiting for my phone to ring. I might be getting a call here at any minute now. I can at least throw the ball 20 yards. At the very least, we can say the Giants defensively are playing some good football as of late. We go to the Chargers. The Chargers are Jekyll and Hyde. Their offense is really good. Their defense, yeah, can't say the same thing not exactly not not playing great and there's some stuff going against the chargers in this game not only are they one of the more penalized teams in the nfl but they're dealing with the fact that keenan allen tested positive for covid so he is not playing in this game as of right now so i believe he's vaccinated which of course brings in the whole you know two negative tests more than 24 hours apart and he can play as of right now, we have to consider him as if he's not playing because we don't know one way or the other. We also are looking at a situation where Austin Eckler has the questionable tag coming out of their last game. So he may not be at 100% either. It's not quite a Minnesota Vikings situation where you know you're not going to have two of your most impactful players, but there's the possibility that two of your most impactful players will not be at 100%, and you have to take that into consideration here as well. Do think the Chargers are genuinely the better team. Expect the Chargers to win this game, because as I say, their offense has been humming along over the last month. Defense, 
problematic, but I mean, certainly could be worse, but you know, their defense not playing well at all. I got to take the Chargers in this game, certainly given the competition. Let's take the Chargers to win the game at home over the Giants. However, the Giants are taking 10 and a half points as a road underdog here. You can't lay double digits on the Chargers right now, not with the way their defense is playing. The Giants, you can say whatever you want to say about their offense, at least their defense is playing well. As far as I'm concerned, you cannot lay these points on the Chargers. I am taking the New York Giants plus the 10.5 points, but I am going to take the Chargers to win the game outright. Let's go Chargers 23, Giants 21. Put a bit of a scare into LA, but LA still gets the win. Let's go to Cincinnati now. This is one of my games of the week right here. The Cincinnati Bengals at home playing host to the San Francisco 49ers. Both of these teams dropping games last week that I genuinely believed that they should have won. I thought Cincinnati should have beaten the Chargers, and I thought the Niners should have beaten the Seahawks. Of course, that did not happen in either case. I can definitely say that despite the loss last week, I think the Niners are one of the best teams in football right now. Their offense is humming along. Their defense was playing phenomenal football. Now, over the last two weeks, their defense has kind of faltered a little bit, giving up 56 points total in their last two games. I think this is an area where the Bengals can take advantage because their offense, I don't have a lot of question marks about their offense other than the health of Joe Burrow's hand because, of course, he did have some swelling in one of the fingers on his throwing hand, which did impact his game last week. Assuming that all comes back clear this week, I really like the prospects of the Bengals putting up points on the Niners' defense. Even though the Niners, they play a good defensive style, the Bengals are a disciplined football team, and the Niners are going to struggle a little bit more running the football this week because they're likely going to be without Elijah Mitchell. He is in concussion protocol right now. There's no update on him whatsoever, and you would have hoped to at least had some kind of a glimmer of an update to have him in there playing. So if they don't have their top running back, and I think it's pretty indisputable at this point that Eli Mitchell is their top back, you don't have him in, it's going to limit what your offense is capable of producing, especially against a good defense. We are going to lean on the Bengals in this one. Let's take Cincinnati at home to beat San Francisco. On the line, Vegas doesn't really know which way to go with this one. The Bengals only a single point favorite. So they basically think this game is a coin flip. Basically, if the Bengals to win, it's basically the smallest price to pay. So let's lay the single point on Cincinnati. Let's go Bengals 24, Niners 20. So close game, but I think Cincinnati gets it done. Let's go to Tampa Bay now for a really interesting matchup. The Bucks are going to be at home here playing host to the Buffalo Bills. Now, Buffalo, of course, played in the Monday night game last night, 14-10 loss against the New England Patriots team that only attempted three passes in the entire game. What a weird Monday night football game. But that just speaks to Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, I don't think, has an ego about how he wins games. If he wins the game... I don't think he cares. Does it matter that I attempted three passes? What does the scoreboard say? I just think that's the way that he coaches. I think that's his philosophy on football. And it's, you know, it's won him some championships. So Buffalo came up on the short end of things last night. So they are having to play on the short week. Both of these teams protect the football very well among the league leaders in their turnover ratio. But I think a big determining factor in this football game 
is an injury situation on the side of the Tampa Bay Bucks. That is cornerback Jamel Dean. He's in concussion protocol from their last game. There is no update on him as of right now. And like with Eli Mitchell with the most recent game, if we don't have some kind of information, that's fairly telling even this early in the week. I don't think the Bucks are going to be with the services of Jamel Dean this week. And if they're not, you got to think about how hungry Josh Allen must be to throw the football and be able to throw the football with confidence. He's going to be able to do that in Tampa Bay, and he's going to want to do that. They're certainly going to shy away from running the football because of how deadly that Bucks run defense is. So if you don't have one of your top guys in your secondary, that could be a long day against the likes of a Stephon Diggs or a Dawson Knox who's really come on lately, pass-catching backs. I like the prospects of the Buffalo Bills offense here to put last week behind them and get the win in Tampa Bay. No one has beaten the Bucks in Tampa Bay this year. They're 5-0. and I think Buffalo gets the job done. Let's take the Bills on the road. They lost to Brady's old team. They're going to beat Brady's new team this week. Bills get the win over the Bucks. On the line, Bucks are three-point favorites here. Look, if you're going the opposite way to me on this game, I completely understand it. I totally get it. I'm going with my gut on this one. So I'm going to take, obviously, the three points on the Buffalo Bills because I like the Bills to win outright. Let's go Buffalo 27, Tampa Bay 24. And the final game we're going to look at here sees the Arizona Cardinals at home taking on the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously a matchup of two exceptionally good football teams. And this will be the last game before we get in to the Platinum, Gold, Silver, and Bronze. The Cardinals right up there with the Indianapolis Colts in terms of how well they protect the football. They generate turnovers on the defensive side. They do not turn the ball over offensively very much. So they really get a big boost there. If you're controlling the football, getting extra possessions, it just puts you in good positions to win football games. The Rams, to their credit, one of the least penalized teams in the NFL very, very highly disciplined team, don't tend to make a ton of mistakes that hurt themselves. However, as we've seen the last couple of weeks, they're a little prone here and there to turning over the football. And against a team like Arizona, who so advantageizes every single turnover that they get, Yes, their offense might be struggling a little bit relative to what they were doing earlier in the season, but I really like the Arizona Cardinals in this game. The Rams, to me, are kind of, even with that 37-7 win last week, obviously that was a cupcake opponent. The last couple of games prior to that, like this Rams team didn't really look like the same team, at least not to me. So I'm, I'm going to lean on the cards here. I think they're genuinely one of the top two or three teams in football. We're going to lean with that and go Arizona over L.A. On the line, Arizona's a three-point favorite at home. I like them to win. It's right at the top range of my smallest price to pay. So I'm going to take, or sorry, lay the three points on the Arizona Cardinals. Let's take Arizona 34, Los Angeles 24. All right, folks, here we go. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 14, where if you remember from the beginning of the episode, last week, 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread. Let's hit it. The bronze pick, 11-2 straight up and 10-3 and against the spread this season. The bronze pick has been paying off in spades. Only 6-7 and seven on the totals, but hey, I can even that up this week. Let's do that. 
The bronze pick sees the Denver Broncos at home playing host to the Detroit Lions. Now, Denver, one of the least penalized teams in the NFL. Don't take a ton of penalties. Discipline, always a good thing. They get the benefit here of playing at home. But look, the Detroit Lions, how can you not, even if you're a fan of, like I am, a fan of a division rival, and like this is supposed to be a team that you really don't like, how can you not be happy for the Detroit Lions? Like the, the way that building and that city exploded when they won that game and the people that they were playing that game for, just uh, just such a great story. And how can you not feel good for the Detroit Lions? I If you don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, in saying that, they're going to lose this week. Um, the, this is not the team that wins two weeks in a row. And so we're going to definitely lean on the Denver Broncos in this game. This would be a much higher pick if I had more faith in the Broncos. Uh, I don't. Uh, certainly not with the way they've been playing lately. Defense been playing great. Offense can barely move the football. They're up and down, up and down, up and down. Their defense does a significant chunk of their scoring for them. So if I had more faith in the way the Broncos played offensively, this would be a higher pick. But I don't, so it is the bronze pick. We're going to take Denver at home to beat Detroit. Now against the spread, Denver's laying eight points here as a home favorite. I can't lay those points. Detroit's defense actually playing some fairly good football over the last month or so, certainly better than they were early on in the season. I'm going to take those eight points. It's too many for a team that doesn't score. So we're going to go ahead and take the eight points on the Detroit Lions. Total in the game set at 42. I've got this at like a mid to high 40. I don't think this flies over this number, but I am going to take the over. We're going to go over 42 points in Denver, Detroit. Broncos straight up, but we are taking the Lions plus the eight points over 42. That is the bronze pick. Let's go Denver 27, Detroit 20. My silver pick where I'm 10 and three straight up, six and seven against the spread and only four and nine on the total. So really struggling on that pick. Sees the Kansas City Chiefs at home playing host to the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders remain one of the worst teams in football over the last month or so, scoring 20 points a game, giving up 31. They've only had one game and it was the most recent game they played, which was also a loss, but only one game in their last four where they've given up less than 32 points. So the, the defense is awful. The offense, not very good with the exception of like a couple of weeks ago, their, their three-point win, that three-point win against Dallas that I was shocked that they managed to get. And the news just keeps getting better for the Raiders. Um, they take way too many penalties and Kenyon Drake is done for the year. So Kenyon Drake breaking his ankle. He is now out for the rest of the season, which obviously really sucks for that offense. They'll move forward with Josh Jacobs. And I have, I have no reservations about Josh Jacobs as an RB1 in this league. I think he is a starting running back in this league, but... When you have a two-headed monster, it's much easier to move the ball than just with the one-headed monster. It's going to be good for Josh Jacobs' fantasy owners, but for the actual prospects of the Raiders on the actual football field, definitely not. So we are very heavy on the Kansas City Chiefs in this game. Let's take the Chiefs to win a division matchup again, take down the Raiders. On the line, Chiefs are laying nine and a half points here as a home favorite. <sighs> Um, it's not double digits. 
I think this is a two possession game. So I guess I got to lay those points. Um, this is the most uncomfortable I am laying points this week. Like it's up there with like Dallas minus four, but I feel better about Dallas minus four than I do this. Um, we're going to have to lay the nine and a half points on Kansas City. They're definitely playing better lately. I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to do it. Total in the game set at 48 and a half points. I'm going to stick under on this, but this is a really good number. I think this is right around where this number lands. So I think it's pretty good one way or the other. We're going to go under 48 and a half points in Kansas City, Las Vegas. Chiefs straight up. We're going to uncomfortably lay the nine and a half points on Kansas City at home in a game that stays under 48 and a half points. That is the silver pick. We're going to go Chiefs 30, Raiders 17. My gold pick where I'm nine and four straight up and seven and six both against the spread and over under, making this my only pick where all three phases are over 500, which is kind of cool. The gold pick sees the Tennessee Titans at home playing host to the Jacksonville Jaguars, another division matchup. My poor friend Half Moon is just sitting there probably pulling his hair out because I'm just taking so many division matchups in these top picks. Um, Tennessee coming off of their bye. They should be well-rested. They struggle a little bit protecting the football, but they are likely to get Julio Jones back this week. They opened up his window. It seems likely that he plays this week. That is a definite boost to that offense, which obviously is missing the guy that they are missing. But I, I genuinely think that uh, this is a game that Tennessee is going to steamroll. Jacksonville up there with the Jets among the worst ball control teams in the NFL. They played on the road last week, tail end of back-to-back -back road games. Tennessee all day in this one. So we're, we're definitely on the Titans here heavily over the Jags. Yes, the Titans offense has sputtered lately, but have you seen Jacksonville's? On the line, the Titans are laying nine and a half points here as a home favorite. Another division game, like I said, but I genuinely think this is a three possession game. So in that context, I have to lay the nine and a half points because that's the way I think the game is going to go. So we're going to lay the nine and a half on Tennessee. I feel better about this one genuinely than I do Kansas City. Total in the game set at 44 points. I have to stay under because I don't know what I'm going to get from Jacksonville at all on the offensive side. And no one can know that. No one's been able to know that all season long. So we're going to go under 44 points in Jacksonville, Tennessee. Let's go Titans 27, Jacksonville 10. So we got Titans straight up, Titans minus nine and a half, under 44. And the platinum pick where I am 10 and three straight up, six and seven against the spread and five and eight on the totals, sees my Green Bay Packers at home playing host to the Chicago Bears. And poor Chicago, they're, they're facing a team like Green Bay at exactly the wrong time. It's just, it boy, it's just not a great scene for these guys. I kind of, I genuinely, I kind of feel for them. Green Bay coming into the game off of their bye, so they will be well-rested. They control the football very well. They don't take penalties. They don't shoot themselves in the foot. They force you to beat them. Chicago, little lackadaisical with the football. They will make some mistakes. Green Bay will capitalize on those mistakes. Nobody has beaten the Packers at Lambeau Field this year. Like Tampa Bay, they are 5-0 oh at home. 
I don't think that changes this week. Chicago, not the greatest road team. They're not bad, but they're not the greatest road team in the league. So definitely on Green Bay in this one. Let's take the Packers at home to beat the Bears. On the line, Green Bay's laying 12 and a half points against the spread, nearly two full possessions. I think this is a three possession game, so I am okay laying the 12 and a half points on Green Bay. I think this is a real standout game for Green Bay's offensive weapons. I think they definitely get the job done here and cover this number. Total in the game set at 44. Again, I think this is a pretty darn perfect number. Two almost perfect numbers this week. I'm going to go over on it. It's not a comfortable over. It's not going to fly. I think it might only get it by a point or two. I'm just not going to sweat the under on a 44 in a game like this. So we're going to go over 44 points in Green Bay, Chicago. Packers straight up. We're laying the points with the Packers minus 12 and a half in a game that goes over 44 points. That is the platinum pick. Green Bay 31, Chicago 14. There you go, folks. The picks are in for week 14 of the 2021 NFL season, and it is time now for the patented comment of the week. The comment of the week from my week 13 episode, I feel like I'm doing this gentleman a disservice if I don't highlight it. It is Half Moon's Picks, my good friend Steven, longtime member, one of the early members of this community, and his comment on my episode last week was, two of your four best bets are divisional games and both laying two or more scores. I think I already have given way too many donations to my sports book this year. And I totally understood where he was coming from. Again, like I, I like I said to him, I took those both into consideration. But ultimately, I couldn't be scared of it at this point in the season. And most of the teams I was talking about last week, more or less, are what they are. I feel like that's the case again this week. Yes, I've got three division games in my top four picks. But when you're talking about Chicago, Jacksonville, and the Raiders, I think those teams more or less are what they are. So like I said to him last week, I'm going to say it one more time, bring on the blowouts. But Half Moon's picks, yours is the comment of the week from the week 13 episode because I can agree with you while at the same time be happy that you were wrong. Everybody's got to be wrong once in a while. You're right way more than you're wrong. There you go, folks. The week 14 episode is now in the books. I was a little later getting to things today than normal, so the episode will probably, probably be up a little bit later than it normally would be, but we'll get it out for you here on what is a really nice sunny Tuesday. Cold as all heck, but really nice and sunny outside, so I'm going to try to get out and go for a walk if I can stand it. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. Week 14 now in the books. Enjoy the games hey the cfl gray cup the gray cup is just around the corner in fact it is this weekend if you were ever going to take a chance on the canadian football league this game is the time to the winnipeg blue bombers and the hamilton tiger cats playing in hamilton for the 108th gray cup it is going to be a heck of a scene the best of canadian football Make sure that you tune in to watch that game. Also tune in, of course, to watch the NFL games. Enjoy them in week 14. We will see you again for the week 15 episode. Peace. Mm -hmm.